0: Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up, and minimal is unacceptable. Brother Josh, what's
1: going on, man? What's
0: going on, man? Oh, just another beautiful day in East Texas, and sincerely, (laughs) it is a beautiful day.
1: (laughs) It, It is a nice day out today, man. Wind wasn't blowing so much.
0: Well, that ain't a lie. It does have that little nip to it, too. But
1: it's good. It keeps you yeah. on each other. I hear you.
0: Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, for those listening, this is Josh Gamble out of the western Louisiana area. He's a good friend of mine, one of my hood rat friends. We love to train and get down and dirty together out there on his training grounds, which I'm sure we'll talk about, too, at some point. But, uh, man, just thanks for taking your time out of the day to come on here and just talk shop and things we love. Did I lose you? All right. Take two.
1: Back. In. Back
0: in. Here we go, buddy. So, but no, I was just thanking you, man, for coming on and sharing your time with us because I'm actually really excited to to talk shop with you and just things we love. So, thank you for coming on.
1: All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate it, bro. You got me a little nerve wracked. I'm not going to lie to you. So, it's uh, the first this- time I've ever considered doing something like this. <laughs>
0: well man you got an awesome story brother um you do have a profound impact whether you may see it or not and um first i I think it's you've gone through some things and you've got some insight that you can definitely help share and and make an impact in someone else's life so for that i appreciate your your vulnerability on this first time thing but if it helps man it's just you and i talking on the phone it just happens to be recorded for others to hear
1: i got you man We're, (laughs) we're gonna shoot for the best and see how it works out at the end of the day (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So Josh, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about, about yourself, man.
1: All right, man. Well, so, um, you know, i I just start with, you know, one of the biggest things that they always tell you anytime we do anything is know your reason why. And at the end of the day, for me, that's my family. Um, I'm a big family man. I try to be home as much as I can. I, you know, majority of us try to do that. But at the end of the day, Uh, that's not always possible, you know, especially between working and then working part-time gigs and everything like that. So I'm gone probably 15 days a month, just in fire fire service stuff and not even including the stuff I do for training and everything like that. Um, so they're a big part of everything I do. And, um, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without them. So, uh, I got a wife and two kids. Um, they are the absolute love of my life. Um, you know, my wife's lucky she got the second one out of me, I will say. Because I had <laughs> I, I felt like I had reached my time limit, but uh <laughs> she uh she got the second one out of me, man, and that's the best best decision we ever made in our life. I got my little boy out of it and uh, he is almost or he's actually two years old. My daughter's almost eight years old. And um those two together, man, they just they make everything worthwhile so um uh they're my big reason why i do everything and why i put such an emphasis on all my training and everything like that and then um i've been on the fire service for about i'm actually going on my 10th year um in may it'll be my 10th year anniversary
0: nice
1: um so i got that going for me i'm almost vested in the state of louisiana in that retirement system so got something going for me at least, Uh, (laughs) but uh, you know, I've been here at the same department um, and I couldn't ask to be around a better group of guys um, at that department. I've learned a lot and everything, uh, but I'll tell you one of the biggest things for me has been reaching out to other firemen um, and just, you know, getting outside of my area. So that's one of my big things that I enjoy doing. And uh, there's definitely some guys in my career that live nowhere around me that have had a significant impact in what I do um, on a daily basis. So uh, I enjoy what I do, man. And, uh, you know, I can't, uh, can't ask for a better job, best job in the world at the end of the day, right?
0: Man, it really is. Um, that's definitely not something that's cliché to be taken lightly. It really is. There's so many yeah. times where – I don't even feel like I'm working. It's just you, yes, you have to clock in or swipe your badge for the roster or whatever you may have it, but man, it's, you're there with your brothers. Um, The things that you just do, you know, I love it. You're, there's no, it's hard to put to words right now, man. It's just, it's an incredible job.
1: It is. It is, man. I mean, there ain't a whole lot of other places in the, you know, other careers in general where you pretty much get to go and hang out with your buddies all day and, you know, do random crazy stuff that other people wouldn't even consider in their lifetime. So.
0: I man, you touched on something during your introduction there, um, about the family and that being the reason why you do what you do. And it motivates you from my understanding to continue to push on your training. And, um, I definitely want to go ahead and touch on that. I think it's appropriate because I, I agree in that aspect and thankfully my wife, she's a godsend too. And, you know, Bardwell, my, he's on my crew with me. He likes to joke and say that I got a, I got my own handline. you know, he's, he's Mr. Wildland. So he said, I got my mm-hmm. own handline crew now at the house, but uh, it just, mm-hmm. it takes an unbelievable amount of support from her on this, but she gets it. That's what I'm circling back around to is she gets why I go to all these trainings. She gets why I invest so much into it because the more that I can apply to myself to better myself, the more I can increase those probabilities of coming home versus Absolutely. not doing anything. So I would just want to pick your brain on that for a little bit and just discuss that to you, what it means to you.
1: I mean, man, so at the end of the day, that's, I, you know, there's nothing more important than family. And that goes both ways, you know, from your family at home to, you know, your family at that fire station um Mm -hmm. i think you got to have a deep connection with both sides of that and it's almost got to be intertwined um i'm for i'm very fortunate enough that my wife was an emt when we first met and so she actually she knows a little bit about the job she knows kind of the lifestyle and then her father uh was on he was a boat captain so he was home, you know, 14 days at a time and all 14 days at a time. And then sometimes, so she's been very adapted to the lifestyle of, um, I guess, you know, me being gone um, mm-hmm. so much. And uh, she's, she's my wife, all I can say, she's, she's the best thing just because she lets me go and do all these different things. I mean, um, over the last couple of years, I, I can't tell you how much personal money that I've spent. And, you know, time I've spent away just not even being at the fire station, but going and doing training to better myself and everything like that. And she has always supported that. And, um, you know, my kids are kind of at that age where they don't you know, they know I'm gone. But at the same time, um, they're still super excited to see me when I get home. So I make the most of that. And, um, you know, without that connection, I just I don't know if I'd be able to do all the things that I'm doing without them. Um, and then the same thing said for the guys at the fire station. I mean, those guys understand and um, a lot of them are what pushed me, you know, cause we all get down at the fire station every now and then and you're like, man, I could be at home right now. Um, <laughs> and those guys, man, without them being there and pushing you to do better and be better um, and go do things and get out and actually train. Cause I know, I know we all have those days where we're like, man, I, I don't want to get up and I don't want to go do anything. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to remember, you know, that's, that's what we're there to do. Um, and if I'm not up doing those things and getting out there training and we're not pushing each other to do that, well then at the end of the day, I live in my fire district. So I mean, I hate, I don't want a mediocre fireman to show up at my house the day that my family needs them. You know, I want them to be the best thing that I could ever imagine in the world. Um, and I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. So, but I mean, that's, that's where I focus so much on, you know, making sure I'm trained, making sure that I'm bringing back information to my guys and, you know, making sure that we're out there doing stuff all the time, because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, my family's the one that's going to need them. So yes. one day, or well, I hope not one day, but you know what I mean? Yeah, if if it arises,
0: then absolutely. And I'm glad that you touched on that because, you know, there's a a district that's in our ESD that obviously I I live in and they're two minutes from the house and I'm on a shift. So when I'm gone, you know, I've told that lieutenant before, hey, I thank you for being, you know, the keeper, so to say, of my family when I'm gone in case something were to happen to them. I know that they're in good hands. I know your driver. I know your tailboard, they're squared away individuals and uh, they've, they definitely helped my wife out on a a couple of occasions. That was a not emergency, but still needed some, some services, you know, a little locked door here and there kind of thing. And uh, they chuckled and just gladly obliged and uh, helped handle business. But that's going back to me. That's, that's your family. And another point I wanted to touch on with that is if we have, in the fire station in the district I live in, whether we are or not, I think that really brings a more, maybe, important sense of sin, sincerity behind it.
1: Absolutely, man. And I, that's so, I mean, I say that, I, you know, I live in my fire district, right? But my fire mm-hmm. district is small in comparison to, you know, the world. uh We travel a lot, we go all over the place. I mean, we're going through y'all's fire, our um, ESDs and everything like that. I mean, we go to Dallas all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, you know, my hope is that by what I'm doing and pushing training and, you know, we do some free, free training and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm not by any means, you know, the, the most specialist guy out there in the world to be teaching anybody anything. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, nobody else is bringing anything to the area. So the more that we can put out there and even if we, even if it's a collective, that you just get everybody together and you're like, Hey man, what do y'all think about these things? Right. Um, we're making better, you know, we're making better firemen better from all over and, uh, or well, I'm at least hoping we are. Uh, but my family might ultimately need one of those guys one day, you know, you just never know. And I mean, especially with you and everything you're doing, um, over there with the Pineywood fools, like, dude, I mean, i feel an safe an in east texas. It, man. i mean i feel safe in east texas just because of everything y'all got going over there so I, well, mean, I
0: appreciate that we're definitely trying to do our part man and it's an honor to that's uh, a whole other adventure on its own trying to get one of those chapters formed i know you're aware of that too and yes. um, just the impact that it can bring to the region and one of the things too with educating a region that's new to a fool's chapter is the fact that it is not department specific? Yeah. You know, you, they may be like, oh well, it's just nothing but those guys from that department. It's a little club or whatever, and then they go to these events. Like when we had Devin Craig, y'all were first on scene and front row. Like I was like, man, these guys are definitely not Baptists because they're front rowing <laughs> it right out the gate here. And, I don't know uh, about that, man.
1: This <laughs> is two different worlds, right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was it was just awesome to see that stuff, and then. You know, when we had our other lecture with Sean Duffy, it was just incredible to see how many representatives of the East Texas and Louisiana region, and some were even from outside of East Texas. We had some South Texans and you know, some far travelers, so to say, just to hear the good word. And you, you sit back as a, a member of the Fools chapter, like, man, I'm a part of that. I, I helped make a difference. And one of these firemen's lies just by them wanting to come and receive that information that's vetted and driven by data and and just available. And I didn't have to pay for this or if I do, it's very little, man. Yeah. Why would I not want to take advantage of that?
1: I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to get. I mean, dude, I mean, you got Corley Moore coming tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, come on, man. And that's free. (laughs) It's free. Like
0: Chief Moore. you
1: can't go to a fire conference anywhere in this country and go see that man for free. So yeah, I, we like,
0: we do our best to try and live up to that, yeah. the free or affordable uh, forefront of what the fool stands for, man. And uh, we are trying to honor that the best we can. And that's why we appreciate the raffles and you know donations that come our way. We're all nonprofit. I mean, our dues play into effect in it, obviously, that we pay annually, which still that's ain't really. much. It's like twenty bucks a year. Yeah. You know, and you can't beat that either to be a part of something this awesome.
1: Yeah, but I mean, those th- it's it's things like that that y'all are doing. Like, I reg I would regret myself if I passed up an opportunity to go see some of these guys that you're bringing. I mean, these dudes are teaching all over the country, man, and to not to not go do that training, knowing that it's an hour, it's only an hour away for one. So, right. I mean, we're picking up, leaving at six thirty in the morning. I mean that's nothing compared to you know traveling 3 4 hours to go get some stuff um I mean and it's like you just can't pass up those opportunities when they're there and they present themselves and I, especially from a financial standpoint like I get everybody can't go to all these fire conferences cuz your fire department may not pay for it and everything like that but you know and I get that you know money's tight in all situations most days mm-hmm. but I mean, we're, at the end of the day, we're all firemen. So I know Absolutely. everybody's in the same boat. <laughs> yes. But, uh, and,
0: uh, man, to your point, too, though, a lot of these lecturers and instructors and speakers, when they are in a conference, they have to give a condensed version of their lecture yeah. because they've got two or three other people that they're sharing that day with. Yeah. And so while that's awesome, you get to hear those good meat and potatoes, as I say, those those lectures they present. When you house them one-on-one and you bring them to your neck of the woods and they're willing and able to do that, man, you're getting the full shebang. And that is, that's what I love about it. So I, I,
1: I, I mean, I'll tell you that we've had the privilege. I've had the privilege of having a couple guys over here. And I'll say one thing, man, we've got a department that's kind of up north. They have brought in, and this was before any of us even realized who, who Chief Stearns was, but they brought in Chief Stearns to teach us some tick stuff. And they've man. done this twice now. And I'm going to tell you, that was an incredible experience. Um, and just, like, the first time we went, this has been this has been a few years ago. So this was like we kind of didn't even realize who he was. But he's sitting down and he's talking to you one-on-one. Now, I mean, you're sitting in a live fire event with this man. And he's sitting here having a conversation with you, showing you everything that's going on, so I mean, like you can't you can't beat that stuff. And then you can go talk to him outside, talk to him about whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't get those opportunities to do that stuff at conferences all the time because you know they're trying to move around and get around wherever they need to go to get everything done. So,
0: I mean, yeah, and to touch on, on that, especially with him and a testimony to his character, real I've reached out to him, and it started off as an inquiry about his insight because I think that's phenomenal too, and I'd love to see what to do to bring it here. And then we start talking small talk. Then we start talking about faith. And now we stay in communications with that and just brotherly check up on one another. I mean, the man is just as good as it
1: gets. Oh man, absolutely. And that was and those were those were classes that were like very low cost or free because that department actually had the ability to bring him in on some on some other funds and stuff and like to pass to to. To sit here and think that I might have passed up on that opportunity, mm-hmm. I, that would just haunt me now, you know, to, cause that's just like, dude, he's, I mean, he's chief sergeant. He's all over the place nowadays. Yes. Like, you, you can't get on Facebook or TikTok and not see that man. So, uh, and then he's just, I mean, when it comes to the tick, I mean, he's the guy.
0: And so. uh, just the other day, there's an older MSA. Um, I say older, it's a MSA tick that I have not seen before on this district that's in our EST that I worked overtime on and I sent a picture of that to him I said man would you look at this five minutes later he he sent me the specs different <laughs> videos on <laughs> capabilities and util- how to properly utilize and I was like my I, goodness man thank you chief I appreciate I you on that it.
1: one that's, oh, I, he sent us like a whole lot he got me so much, so much information I couldn't even go through it all if I wanted to probably man it's a whole pile well, of everything he's got almost. So, incredible. You want
0: another one too? You got to get your hands on Ron because this is a bro folder. That thing is just <laughs> piled stacked with just golden fire nuggets left and right.
1: Awesome, man. That's great.
0: So, with that kind of topic of, you know, one, these modern figureheads that are really paving the way for us and modern tactics and the whole conference aspect. What can you say to those who may feel like, "Well, I don't need to go to those. If my if my department isn't putting it on, oh, or yeah. if if they're not going to take care of it, why should I invest my own time and yeah. seek that out?" Because I'm sure you hear it too. I hear it too. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm just curious what what do you answer to
1: that? You know, uh, if they feel like that, man, you know, I just I they don't realize the opportunities that they're missing. And, and like I said, man, I get it's, you know, it, it is an investment. It's like you said, it's an investment. Um, and honestly, to me, when I, these guys mention this to me, I mean, you know, you, you, t- you sit there and you talk to them and we're talking about an inherently dangerous job. All right. There's no, I mean, no easier way to say it. This is not a safe job by any means, especially when we're talking fires and everything like that. I mean, granted. You know, we are 90% EMS where I'm at. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when it comes to fighting fire, I mean, it's dangerous. And to say that you won't spend 200 bucks to go, you know, take a a firefighter survival class. Okay. Something that could potentially teach you something to save your life. That's Mm -hmm. what you're telling me is that your life isn't worth $200, you know, and at the end of the day. I, my life is worth well more than $200 to me so mm-hmm. you know and I think it is especially to most of us that go and do all this training like it's you got to make those decisions man and if you're if you're telling me that $200 is you know and that's because that's how much most of them are that's um, that's a fair average these, price yeah. yeah these little ones 250 300 whatever it is um, mm-hmm. you know that's dude that's chump change when you're talking about Something that could extend your life on a day that you know is the worst day of your life. Mm, yeah, one overtime that, stuck. You know, but yeah, that's just. Yeah, I agree on that.
0: But so, when have you have you ever faced friction when you come back from a conference or a, a hot program and you go to your your crew and say, "Hey, this is what I've I've learned." Um, this is how I think it could be beneficial to us. Do you guys want to see it or how, how does that work for you?
1: So I'll, t- I'll tell you, um, I was fortunate enough to take over our training stuff probably about three or four years ago now. Okay. Um, was still a very young fireman at the time. It, it took me a very long time. I mean, to the point to where I would tell you probably this year, not this year, but last year was the point that I kind of stopped receiving some resistance and I still get it. Don't get me wrong. Um, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be the guys that are like, Hey man, this, this ain't the way we do it. We've never done it this way before. You know, the old way works just fine. Well, and you know, to dispute that fact, majority rule. Yeah. The old ways do work. Um, but we are finding out a lot that uh, we are just not doing things efficiently by any standard. That's um, the key. You know, and exactly, man. So being efficient with your time, and um, especially when we're talking about, you know, flashover points being two and three minutes now, just with mm-hmm. the different types of materials we're putting in these houses. So, I mean, being efficient with your time management on scene is a massive one. And um, I think just, you know, after finally harping on it and harping on it for so long and bringing so much new stuff back, I do actually, I've built a good, I guess what, you know, I would call it an informal leadership role. Um, sure. But, you know, I've built that good relationship with them to where they're like, okay, well, he, I mean, he's a, he's going out there and getting this information. Um, so let's hear what he has to say and let's see, let's, you know, talk about it and see what we can do. Right. Um, and if
0: it wasn't applicable, then I'm sure you wouldn't be spreading that to your home department if it
1: Yeah. And I mean that goes I'll just tell you, uh I had you know, we were talking about um getting victims out of windows. And mm-hmm. uh I mean you had you went to Sean Duffy's thing and I'm sure you've probably talked to him, you know, mm-hmm. he's a big component of getting you out of that window head first. Right. Well, when you're getting somebody out of a window head first on a ladder that kind of goes back to everything that we've ever been taught because we've always put somebody out feet first mm-hmm. and we've always had their legs over our shoulders or something like that. And um, so me and the captain kind of discussed a bunch of things about that. And I showed him my way. And I was like, well, one, you know, I can at least get this guy up to the window by myself. I don't need other people to help me lift him up in this bill. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we're already doing more efficiently just from the fact that, I only need one person in the building and then I can have a person outside on the ladder. Um, so I mean, you get resistance like that, but I think as long as you, as long as you've got a good explanation and reason why behind it and you're telling these guys, Hey man, this is, this is why we're doing it. Um, I think they're inclined to listen to you a little bit. I mean, at the end of the day, um, kind of like what Devin Craig said, you know, you're always going to have those 20% that, uh, it doesn't matter what you do, you're never gonna bring them along for the ride.
0: Yeah. God bless the Randys.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> but uh so so with that, you touched on something that's kind of you know, same boat I'm in too is uh small company tactics. And so to my understanding too, you guys ride three man engines too, correct?
1: That's a, that is correct. We ride we actually have two stations um, six personnel on duty every day. And mm-hmm. then, uh, each of those is technically three man engines, but like I said, we do 90% EMS. So it's very likely, um, and we get double calls all the time. So any, at any point in time, I mean, it could be you running solo to a fire. Um, so that's a big, big, big step up to try and feel when that happens. But, uh, the possibilities there for
0: us so. so when you have that in the back of your mind um i got a crew member too jake edwards who that's how he first started off in the fire service from his volunteering and even a smaller department he worked for when they would catch county calls they'd only send one person and that was usually him to handle up on these and just hearing his stories about having to overcome that you know getting tank to pump and engaged and doing your 360 and stretching your line You know, hearing them, I'm like, well, man, I'm glad I I maintained some kind of physique because that can be very tiresome before you even have to engage in fighting the fire or going into rescue mode to see if someone's home. So it almost that should be motivating or better yet, a driving factor enough to be proficient with your skill set. And that's one thing where I'm at, too, is I don't think you can ever rep enough of your first two tactics alone because you never know what could happen and And that's
1: man and I'll tell you you know training of any kind is great but I see a lot of guys trying up their level of training to that officer's position or leadership position and everything like that and I'm not saying we don't need that by any means because we do but um, you know at the end of the day like the basics I mean FDTN that's that's what they harp on is the basics that's Um, a bucket
0: list class right there
1: yeah oh i believe me i know i would love to um but even like i'll tell you uh so the caddo cooker that we're doing and everything um Mm -hmm. that's i mean third alarm and billy brightson those guys are freaking amazing um i you know i respect those guys so much but that's that's what we focus on in everything we do with classes with them is You know, just the basics, you know, your forceful entrance, your ladders, your hose management, all that stuff. You know, you got to be amazing at all of those things Mm -hmm. on a department that's only showing up with three people. I mean, you just don't have any other option. If you're not mastery level at those skills, then you better be damn close because, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody's in there and they're waiting on you to come get them, Uh, you know, they expect perfect perfection. And the only way to get that is training through those basics. And, and I'll, I'll be, I mean, I'm due to make captain here probably next couple of years if I'm lucky. Um, so I do do a lot. I'm going to a lot of different leadership stuff, trying to, you know, make sure that I'm, you know, somewhat prepared to take that. But at the end of the day, man, I fall back on my daily training at the station. That's, that's all I do is, hose management, forceful entry, search and rescue, ladders. Um, I Just trying to go through those things, repetition, repetition, repetition. Mm-hmm. And because uh, at the end of the day, man, I, I, I just don't ever feel like I'm great at them, you know, and that's my mindset. So that pushes me to be better and do better and go longer and faster and harder and everything like that. But that's just, you know, that's me in my own head at the end of the day. And I'm sure there's. I'm sure you're. Hell, you're probably like that. To be honest with you, man, because that's the only reason you keep going and doing and doing. At the end, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm never satisfied, and yeah. I don't mean that jokingly or any type of way. It's, or, I I respect where I'm at with skill sets, um, yeah. and the level of competency I think I have, but I know I can execute them. And I'm just I'm not happy with it. I can always be better, yeah. and if I don't practice thinking, that, I can never become better at it. And exactly. that's, a, that's the big thing about it. Because I've said this numerous times too, man. They don't at three in the morning. They don't care, you know. They don't yeah. care how many times this or that happened. Are you going to show up on on point right now? Exactly, or, and that's all that matters. They don't care if they're your first call of the tour or your seven hundredth call of the tour. They expect the exact same performance you would give anyone else.
1: And that, and you know, the other good thing about training those basics is, man, is you don't need. I mean, you don't need a training tower to go out there and do that stuff. You don't, I mean, yeah, forceful entry, you kind of need a door if you're going to actually go through the process. But there's so many videos. There's so much stuff out there nowadays. There's tabletop discussions. Um, You can search your own station if, you know, they allow Mm -hmm. you to come into your station with your gear on. Um, But however, most places now, you you got two sets of gear, if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still working on that. But uh, our gear washer, so... Theoretically, most of our gear is usually clean. You know, run run a couple reps in your own station if you got to, yeah. um, or the bay. You know, you can you can make amazing things happen on those basic skills if you're just getting out there. I mean, even thirty minutes to an hour a day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's we're not at. I mean, I say we because I'm the one that harps on all our training most of the time. But right. at the end of the day, it, it's them. It's your community that's not asking i mean they're asking for you to be good at your job all right they everybody else is expected to be good at their job all these nfl players man they're expected to be professionals they mm-hmm. call us professionals at the end of the day so i mean if we're going to do it we need to be good at it so
0: oh absolutely and that's i i don't remember who said it to give the credit where it's due but earlier on in my career I was I heard it, saw it somehow, but it's when we're at a firehouse, we're gonna do fire things. And we can we can watch TV or something to that extent, you know, at the house. If that's like home life stuff. But while we're here at the fire station, we're gonna do fire things. And that just that always stuck with me.
1: And and I'll tell you, man, I'm you know, I'm not saying you can't watch TV. I'm all for family time, movie time and the evening time and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But you can get a lot done from 8 to 5. Yes,
0: I was about to follow up on that. I'm glad you touched on
1: that. You can get a lot done in that time. And I get you have calls and everything like that. So, I mean, if you got to push it back a little bit later or something like that. But you can get a lot. I mean, in 8 hours, you can get a lot done if you are managing and prioritizing your time well. I mean, and I'll just tell you. And I learned this from my buddy Joel. You know, Joel oh, yeah. Like, we get to work. Um, when I got to work, man, it, it was work time. All right. We might've done like a little 30 minute debrief of the shift before what needs to be done and this and that um, little table, little coffee time, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But then after that, you were out there, you were doing stuff, you were checking your trucks, you were washing stuff, you were getting all that, you know, kind of everyday media remedial stuff out of the way. So that you could get to work and be doing things whatever we needed to do, you know, an hour or two hours later. Right. So if if you're coming to work and, you know, you're you're cooking breakfast and breakfast takes two hours to make and then you're gonna sit down and you ain't done nothing before then, then you're not you're not utilizing your time well. And I say that because I, I work for a part time apartment mm-hmm. that um, you know, it we just we don't utilize our time in the morning very well, but you know, at the end of the day I try, you know, that's not my place is to go there and try and make them change the way they are. Um, right. I can make suggestions, but at the end of the day, you know, it's not my place. I'm I'm here to help y'all do whatever y'all need to do kind of thing. Right.
0: Um, and I'd be lying too if I said that I've never had those overloaded days to where oh, I yeah. legitimately just take that time to run the calls and recoup and recover you know but when it's uh every day of we run forty eight ninety sixes, but if it's every two days of every tour there's a deeper underlying problem there that that should be looked at
1: exactly man and i mean that's like i said i'm all for family time in the evening but Mm -hmm. you know during during the day let's and nowadays man i hate to say nowadays because i don't like the I don't like what we're putting on the newer generation of these kids that we got coming up. Um, now I'm not saying that, you know, whether they're at the level that we were or not, but I think I hate the stigmatism that we're putting on them saying, Oh man, they just not, they not, they don't make them like they used to kind of thing because we're just breeding into that. at the, right. end of the day. Um So, and you get them and a lot of them, a lot of them need a lot of work. I mean, I won't lie to you, but you can get them where they need to be if you're willing to spend the time with them. Um, and I say that cause I've trained, you know, for a small department, I've had to train about five, six people over the last couple of years. So it's been a, that was a, that was a new thing for me to learn. Um, sure. and it, it took me a while to realize, you know, okay, well, yeah, I understand you man this is something y'all never did, so it you know even like weeding, weed eating the yard those yeah. things like that, man you like, all right well, this is how you crank it up, this is how you do that, and uh but it's taking your time and utilizing it, I think there's a lot of it man and I, that's the only thing I can say so
0: no i I do respect that' cause we our captain uh, he was once my. Lieutenant, when we were at eight to five during our kind of growing pains eras of our ESD, as we're still gathering more and more in the 4896 aspects and schedule, Mm -hmm. but eight to five was, was work time. Like you're saying, it's business time. Anything else after that you can, that's your own time. Do as you please, do as you want, but from eight to five, please minimal phones unless it's like an importance or Mm -hmm. emergency from the house. And let's, if you have side jobs or side responsibilities, you can worry about all that after five PM. But from eight to five, we're gonna focus on us and where we're at and in the moment right now. And I liked
1: it. I mean I that I uh, you know, that's that's the only thing I can say, man, is it if you if you're gonna come and you wanna be that guy that, you know, wants his T V time and wants to relax, that's fine. But you gotta understand that everybody else is out there. Well, I say everybody. Majority of people are out there in the world working eight to five, expected to do their job. So Mm -hmm. it ain't gonna hurt for us to be working from eight to five and then, you know, if you wanna do something in the evening, that's fine. But I'm gonna make sure we're gonna get everything done that we can get done at eight to five if you're gonna give me that time.
0: Absolutely. I don't think that's much to ask at all. No. But switching gears a little bit, you you brought this up a little bit ago about the informal leadership, and I actually have that as a question I want to talk to you about, because um, there, I want to say it's a buzz phrase that's coming around, or there's more awareness or recognition of informal leadership versus formal leadership. And so I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit on what does informal leadership mean to you.
1: So, um, man, informal, I'll tell you, I got the opportunity to go to the National Fire Academy a couple of years ago. And I okay. took this big leadership and supervision class and they went all over these different types of leaderships and everything like that. And I'll be honest with you, I've probably forgotten half of it by now, but, <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was excellent class, excellent opportunity. And it really opened my eyes up. And that's kind of what made me um, start pushing a little bit harder from my firefighter standpoint, like informal leadership is, it can be anybody. It doesn't have to be somebody of rank um, or, I mean, it is somebody that legitimately pretty much wants to be better and do better and is out there seeking that information to make sure those are happening. And eventually when that person does do all that and is, I mean, even if it's the guy out there, man, he's just going through, you know, forcible intro reps on his own. Like mm-hmm. people start recognizing that and then they slowly, but surely start graduating, um, or gravitating towards you. And, you know, you just kind of pull all these guys in, um, and I, you know, you become that informal leader and really never a role, you know, I never really anticipated. I got guys that tell me all the time, man, oh dude, you're, you're great. I appreciate this, man. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not anything. Like when I think of, When I think of true leaders, I'm thinking, you know, these guys out, I'm thinking of the guys at third alarm that have helped me all along the way, to be honest with you, or all these guys going out here and doing these fire conferences that are like truly making, you know, big changes in the fire service. But, um, you know, you start, people start gravitating towards you and you start building up a little bit of a relationship, um, and I guess it's kind of you know you're you're mentoring some, you're helping lead others, but you're you're giving advice unexpectedly, and mm-hmm. people, I mean, and I hate to people take some of that stuff to the bank, so you gotta be real careful what you say. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, because I mean, you know, I'm I'm one of the world's worst about. I got a rookie right now that tells me all the time. He's like, I, I just can't tell if you're being serious with me or not. <laughs> the rule I am joking around with him, but he's like. I mean, I'll be dead stare. Like, no, dude, I'm telling you right now, we need to go do this. And he's like, "Are you joking with me?" No, no, I'm not joking. We let's go. All right. Right. So, you just got to be careful with some of that. But uh, you know, I think it's a big part of the fire service right now because you've got, I mean, a, a brother like yourself, man, dude. Think about the reach that you're having in general. All right. And you're, these people are gravitating towards you. I mean, the Rotel board, the uncommon, all that stuff, the Pineywood fools, bro, you're a you are, are, you're, you're the freaking moon and people are legitimately gravitating towards you right now. You're sucking in everything you can. All right. And that's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. So, you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity. And I mean, even you, you look at something like what Corley's done with that, um, the firehouse vigilance, man yes like he probably never intended for that to be what it is today Um, or well he might have but you know when he started out he was probably just thinking man we're gonna give this a shot and see how it goes and then now like dude there's a couple hundred firemen listening to that thing every week every week you know and yeah he's he is technically in that formal position to be a leader Mm -hmm. but when he gets on that podcast man He's he's just another guy just like the rest of us, trying to be better at his job. Yeah, it's so. like
0: so you, you, you address him as chief and says, No, call me Courtney. He's like, No, okay, Chief. It's still gonna be Chief. Like exactly. you gotta understand this. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I totally respect that. And man, I appreciate the kind words, brother. I it's hard to to gauge or you know, take credit because a lot of it was just self accountability that gained a lot of movement and um very honor that god chose to actually create it as a platform to make impacts and then the networks and relationships gained from it has just been phenomenal um and i do my best to not take it for just selfish gain i try and spread that out to anyone that's willing to hear the good word that these guys have and it's it's just a blessing and it's it's so surreal josh i appreciate that brother but man it's it's incredible
1: Really, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's, but that in itself is informal leadership. And I would tell you, you're doing it on a larger scale than the majority of us. The majority of us, you know, in that, it's in the station, it's making those contacts and getting, even getting some of those officers to come back and ask you, hey, man, what do you think about this? All right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't hold a position. I hold no training. I'm not a training officer. I'm not a captain. I'm not a lieutenant. I am, at the end of the day, I'm a firefighter technically. I guess they would call us driver operators, is what they technically call us, but you know, I'm a firefighter. So I have no, I have no formal ability to lead in my fire department at all. But over the course of time, they've like, man, this guy's good at training. He likes to do this stuff. And I'll tell you one thing I'm really good at is organizing. I like, I like to be organized. So, my organization has helped me along the way to get some of that respect. Because if I tell you we're starting training at eight o'clock and we're going to end at five, then by golly, we're starting at eight o'clock. And at five o'clock at four we're wrapping it up. I'm there trying you you. to anyway. So, and that's just, you know, those things have helped me along the way. um, I guess to, you know build up the reputation that i have within my fire department i wouldn't say that i have much of a reputation outside of that but um to my guys you know uh i know some of them look up a little bit but i don't know why but they do so you know <laughs> well, man,
0: I, well. I first came got to see it when we were going through your search and ves classes and stuff like that man you i know you're about as humble as i am and it's they do gravitate. You can see it in their eyes, and when you, and especially paired up with Joel, and you're explaining things, they're they're taking it in, and they're asking questions, and they're, well, why is it like this? And it's not a, well, I don't know. It just is. You you actually vet that and deliver back with saying, well, when we went to this conference, this is what's being taught to us, and why it's more effective than the other way of just grabbing an ankle and having a hand on the wall type deal, or whatever the case may be, or. This is why we don't want to, you know, aggressively sound the floor on a second division and stab into our victim that could be right underneath that we can't see through smoke.
1: Absolutely. And
0: you just, you just see a bunch of click moments when when that was being discussed. And, dude, I know you, y'all probably couldn't see it a whole lot, but I just had a big smile painted on my face just watching everything. And when you <laughs> see a bunch of sponges soaking up wealth of proper knowledge, it's it's an awesome environment, man. Definitely uh, and- looking forward to the February coming up too. That's going to be fun.
1: Absolutely, man. That's I, I you hit you hit it on the head right there, man, proper knowledge. Because and this somebody said this at a conference we went to one time and they they pretty much said, Man, take back what we're teaching you because if you're not gonna take it back and spread it, then somebody else is gonna spread a version of it that's probably wrong. Mm-hmm. And that hit home with me because I, I've seen some classes around our area that have been taught and yeah i mean they're teaching it and i'm not gonna say whether they're doing a good or bad job at it but they're not doing they're not teaching the most efficient stuff in the fire service right now but that's what we're spreading around all these guys so that's what that's one of the big things that made me realize like man we gotta we gotta bring something here we gotta start doing and that's one of the big one of the big reasons that the caddo cooker even started to happen um other than the fact that, man, I happened to go over there with those guys and he, I was talking to Billy and he was, uh, he was like, man, you want, he was pumped up. He was like, you want, you want to do one over there where y'all are at? <laughs> and I was like, well, hell yeah, I want to do one where we're at. <laughs> Let's go. And then I think like two days later, it was on and it nice. was going. So,
0: oh man, any, any opportunity I can to, to go over there at the Cat Ford Playground, as I call it, man, hey, it's, it's going to be a fun day. Look,
1: bro. We welcome anybody and everybody. I will go purchase the OSB, the pallets, the hay, whatever we need to do live burns because that, to me, is yeah, that's the best training that you can expect to get anywhere. Um, if you got an opportunity to go do live burns, man, dude,
0: yes,
1: don't pass it up. Oh, there's so much to gain from them. To pass yeah. it, up, so.
0: right? It was fun just watching it, you know, and and not necessarily being a partial student, but also a bystander playing a support role. And you actually got to really tune in on the breathing of the fire. And you can actually see a lot more in detail of what that smoke and that fire is doing and how you're controlling it and how you're vending it to feed it and keep it at bay. Man, that's an art. I don't know how Bill wasn't wore out that day afterwards, but, man, he, he was making that – he was just making it sing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't and know I will I tell you, it. man, that's, that's one of those things that I think Cause we put them so we put you in there and we put you in that search and rescue scenario that was under live fire and everything. But mm-hmm. if we can get those guys to slow down and start really viewing, and this is one thing that um, we've talked about people earlier, Andy Stern, like if you can slow down and really start to look at that fire behavior and those changes, man, that's just an extra one. It's an extra learning opportunity, but then we're teaching people good fire tactics because they're realizing oh, man, this is, you know, this is getting too hot. I've got exponential hot gases over my head. I've got, you know, majority of the time, man, even when we're in training, like Mm -hmm. we're not slowing down enough to truly understand, especially in live fire training. You know, you got to get those guys to slow down, look around, take it in, and be in that environment for a second so they can understand you know, what's an acceptable, you know, and I hate to say acceptable level of risk because that's probably going to set some people off. But, <laughs> It'll be all know, right.
0: I, um, I totally get what you're saying, though.
1: But, you know, you got to have them slow down to really understand, man, is this is this an environment that I need to be in right now or should I be worried about backing out? And, right. you know, and that goes, that goes into Sean's Duffy's searchable versus survivable, man. If you're getting up in there and you're not paying attention to your surroundings, the next thing you know, you're like, oh man, that's hot. That's mm-hmm. a problem. That's yes. a big problem.
0: A hundred percent. And when we were when we were having that search and rescue day, uh, one of the questions that was presented over at my station was, Well, why do we gotta stay so low all the time? If if this Which was a, a good valid question to ask. And yeah. I just happened to look inside your your training building, your connex, and I said, This tells you right here why. I yep. said, look at where the black and red meet.
1: Absolutely. Where all
0: the smoke was and where it's been untouched. And it, it legitimately, straight parallel line, you know, about 18 inches off the yeah. ground of that conex. And he was like, this is why. Think about how many times there's been burns, multiple burns, heat inside this specific building. Yet look at that 18 inch level. Yep. That's exactly why it's imperative. And that's but- where they're going to
1: be. And, that, and that's you hit it right there, man. I'll tell you on the other side of that, because we did some. Uh, we did. An, I do a bunch of. I do. I say a bunch. I do acquired structures too, and um, most of those are for my guys, mm-hmm. um, just because if somebody's gonna give us a building, you know, I've got to make sure that my guys take as much opportunity as they can to get a hold of it and get in there. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, They're rare commodities, man. Yeah,
1: um, but I'll tell you we did one a while back and we were doing some search stuff in it too. And it was, it was technically live fire. Cause there was a, you know, a flame, but it was just heavy smoke, heavy, heavy smoke. Um, and these guys, you know, I was trying to beat in their head, you know, stay low, stay low, stay low. That's where our victims are. And ultimately somebody come in there, they were walking, you know, they were scanning with their tick and walking around because it wasn't no heat Mm -hmm. and they passed right over the victim that we had in there. I mean, damn near tripped over them and kept on walking. (laughs) And I'm like, man, like this is, this is why I'm telling you guys. And um, you know, and that's something that Sean and all them guys that teach fire conferences and everything say, not nothing that I've invented or by any means, but um, you know, if you're not on the ground searching, as soon as you walk in that house, and even if you even if you can see your feet, all right. If it if you were have an obscured view of your feet in any form or fashion, think of the stuff that you could miss. You know? Be down there. In.
0: That smoke is starting to yeah. stain everything
1: around. Exactly. Be down there, man, feel around, get your hands out, start getting involved, man. And that's because ultimately, I mean, you got them thick old boots on if you hit something with them boots, you, you just going to pass right over it. And not think twice about it, you know, gloved hands are hard enough, let alone, you know, steel toe boots. So that's the way I look at it. Get down in there, start searching around. And, um, I'll tell you one of the guys, it's the citizens first fire training guy. Um, can't think of his name. Who? Chris Kessinger. Yes. Chris Kessinger. He, uh, we got, I had an opportunity to take one of his classes and, um, he, uh, dude, he said, when I go through a house, man, at the end of it, I make sure I'm looking for like little soot angels everywhere. I want to no. make sure that they covered everything under the sun with their hands and everything. And that, that really hit home was like, you know, um, I'm going to start doing that. And since I've taken this class, man, I go, that's one thing I'll do. I'll go back in there just to see, you know, how well we actually perform that search. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, that's one thing too, that you hit on is the applying it. Cause you can be told it all day long and sometimes it might make sense. And sometimes it might be like, and I think you're you're kind of full of it or whatever, but then you actually apply it and you're like, wow, I really see the difference this makes. Okay. Now I understand. And with a lot of people, it's knowing the why behind what we do versus just being explained what we do.
1: And that's, that is one thing I will say, man, and that, I've taken a lot from a lot of guys over my career. If you're going to teach something or you're going to bring something up, you better have a reason why to back it up. You better have an understanding of what you're doing so that whoever you're passing that knowledge along to doesn't just take it and go one ear out the other. Because if they, if you just say it, dang, it, that's just null and void to them. But if you give them a reason why to do it, that changes the whole ball game.
0: Yeah, I mean, think of it, you are it's a bunch of type A's, and there's nothing wrong with that, so to say. But yeah. if you're not going to explain why they're like, well, who, who died and made you king? You know, why, okay. why should I go ahead and just trust what you're saying just because you said it? You know, Absolutely,
1: you, man.
0: And there's no problem in vetting the information, and a lot of these lectures will tell you that, too. Going back to Sean again, because we were both there on that, he said, if, if y'all have heard anything different, or if y'all, he openly started off with that. Yeah. This is an interacting thing. This is not you sit and listen to me talk. Let us let's, let's spitball. Let's let's talk about these things and let's move forward with our differences of understandings and come to some common grounds of what is acceptable, what is efficient, and what is just completely unapplicable anymore to what we do.
1: Absolutely, man. And that's I mean, honestly, that's what even those like even that little thing you did, man. We do little trainings over here in the evening time, but. Like I'm just trying to get a collective of minds together to Mm -hmm. bring in everything that they know and can bring to the table. And let's, let's do some work and see whose ideas are better, you know, ultimately because that's the only way we're going to get better as a community is if we are bringing everything that we have to the table and putting Mm -hmm. it in exercise.
0: And, and going back to our small company tactics, we, we don't have manpower to throw at it. Yeah, I love what Ramagus once said before is I'm going to run out of people before I run out of jobs.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly where we're at. Yeah. I mean, that's, man, honestly, the low manpower is, that that's a, it's a kicker because you look at some of these, and this even goes back to some of these conference classes, man, you get a lot of information from these guys. But then you find out, man, well, you're, I mean, you know, you're on a dedicated truck or You know, you're on a dedicated pump and, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a singular job when you're on a smaller department. That's that's not the case, man. I got to I got to make a decision when I pull up as the engine company, technically, Mm -hmm. whether or not I'm going to get in there and search that house, you know, because that's the priority that we're trying to make. Do I am I water first or am I search first? And you know that's that's a whole another ball game. That's dependent upon a lot of different a uh, lot of different factors. But right, those, those are decisions that's got to be made. And um, you know, only small fire departments are the ones that's trying to actually come back and you know make those decisions because they're the ones that have to. Yeah. Um, I got I drive five. You know, I drive ten miles down the road, and I'm in the city of Shreveport, where they're showing up with you know. On a good day, 30-something firemen to a fire. So, I mean, that's a big difference between what I get to come with and what they get to come with. So going and taking classes from them, if they're teaching based on their standards, is great. But at the end of the day, I've got to figure out how to bring it back to my department and in a way that we can utilize it. Yeah, so.
0: Absolutely. And you, you throw in the uh... – the topic of ghost pumping and that will just scare the crap out of a lot of individuals or company officers or incident commanders that are unfamiliar with it.
1: Absolutely, you know,
0: Cause that that's happened to us a lot. We're a prime example of that with our district. We're in our first due at any point in time, we could be 10 to 12 minutes out of our second due once they've checked in route. Yep. And it, I'm telling you what, there's been some times to where that's happened to me as the, the driver operator, yeah, you know, because I'm fulfilling a step up position right now, and for a period of time. But anyways, it's uh, you're sitting there and you're watching your boys, the two of them, just go handle up and and do the work, and they're get, and you're you're trying to get everything else going that you possibly can. You, you know you're you're sitting in the water, you're stretching your second line, you're getting tools, you're getting your cash set up, you're all that. Well, the whole time I'm running around doing that with my jacket and my pack on. to all I gotta do is. And let's go to work but yes. there's times where i go through that and then an incident commander might arrive on scene and and hold back on that or what have you and sometimes it's me not understanding what they may be seeing or whatever the case is not trying to go down that route but it's what it, it kills me is what i'm getting at that i'm just watching my two dudes handle up on a lot of workload for several minutes and i'm just anchored at the pump panel
1: yeah you know I,
0: I know my rig i know what it can do and i know the sounds of it and i know how much tank water i have and how much i can utilize with the consistent flow you know which we know that's not always the case you might constantly flow for maybe a minute on average and then you'll yeah. you'll stop and move and so on and so forth but we're just task saturated man
1: oh yeah man And i'll tell you that's you hit the i mean you hit it man that's we're we're currently working on a playbook and joel joel's leading it up but um that's one of the big things that we're trying to get people to understand that if you're a driver operator for our department Mm -hmm. the days of you standing on the pump panel are over with you know you're you're in gear you need to be in your gear you need to have your sba on and then it's time to go to work once that once that line's charged um and i mean we're talking anything from You know, you setting tools, just making sure that those guys have tools at the door um, so that they don't have to walk back and forth to the truck. That's one of the biggest things that we've had a problem with in history is Mm -hmm. with our department is if I need something, now I've got to make a hundred yard truck or a hundred foot truck out to the daggum truck to go get it. So how many
0: times did you have to swap a bottle, but they weren't right there by the door or in an area close to the scene? The same
1: thing. I mean, it's a. We're we're trying to get in that, and I'm glad you said that, man, because that's a that's a big thing. And I mean, we're we're actually kind of taking it, we're trying to take it one step further, because we do have a second do engine company that's coming, and they're probably about the same time limit as you. Sometimes they may be in the six minute range, yeah. um, but we're if if we're going to the edge of our district, we're trying to take it one step further and say, look, that driver, he's he's likely to be a ves man. So we're going to let them start putting water on fire mm-hmm. and then we're going to go do some, we're going to go do some work and we're going to potentially be throwing ladders or jumping in some windows to actually do some searching. And, um, you know, you, you kind of, we're trying playing a little John Wayne, but we're also hoping that within that time frame, um, you know, your second new crew's coming up and we've got a whole nother captain and fireman coming up behind you to help you out. So, Yeah. Okay um we're trying to figure it out but at the end of the day that's what we're all trying to do so oh
0: amen but no, I, I do i do like those discussions and um there's a lot of i say bigger departments but those that are afford to throw a lot of manpower at a scene when you have these discussions yeah. as a small company they they just kind of look like you what that yeah. that happens uh, hmm. yes sir that's that's how we that's how we do things man it's we don't have an option you know yeah,
1: exactly and I mean, so, y'all may be a lot like us, man. We, I mean, we rely on tankers. We, we
0: do too. Yeah, yeah we can't we rely have, on our plugs.
1: Yeah, we don't have very one if that's if we even have a plug somewhere within the range, you know that it's acceptable. But at the end of the day, man, setting that pump and letting it run, you got we were so we're running smooth bores. If we're on an inch and three quarter, man, you got about six to seven minutes of continuous flow. So. Yeah. If you're going to continually flow for six to seven minutes, you better be doing some good, some damn good work. Yeah. You know, and if
0: you hit it with a deck gun for about 30 seconds or so, trying to reset it, that gives you about four minutes left on a constant flow. Of your, and absolutely. you got to know these
1: things. You, you have to. And that, I mean, that's, that's going back and knowing your, knowing your stuff, man, and knowing your truck and how much those nozzles flow and all that stuff. So big part absolutely. of
0: it. No, I think you're, you're definitely defining something that you, Uh, threw at me when I asked some things you want to talk about and that's firemanship. And I think that's exactly what plays into that. So, I mean, this whole conversation, in my opinion, is a definition of firemanship and how to maintain it or how to strengthen it.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, firemanship is, it's, you know, it's your job. It's knowing your job. It's being a part of that brotherhood and taking the responsibility of all those guys that are there with you to, you know, make sure that, You know, even even your community, you know, we're there on their worst day. So it's our job to make sure that we're we're prepared and we know every single thing about that truck, about that hose, about that nozzle, about how long our SCBA is going to last and making sure that that SCBA is on at least 4,500 PSI. Okay, because I hate the guys that, you know, they just look at it and they're like, oh, man, it's 4,000. okay, that's great. It's 4,000. Um, I hope you don't get stuck in a fire one day and need <laughs> that extra 500 psi. Um, yeah,
0: sounds like a training opportunity. Let them see what that extra 500 feels like. And exactly, man. It.
1: So, but I, I you're, I'm, I agree with you, man. I mean, firemanship plays a big role in all this stuff, and just, you know, making. And I, you know, I hear it a lot, man. And you hear about the brotherhood being dead and things like that. And people say, not my brotherhood. And you know exactly, man. But they say it jokingly, and you're like, man, I don't even like that we say that jokingly. Like, this is like you, you guys are. This is what I'm here for. I'm here for you guys and my family to make sure that everybody, I mean, that everybody gets to go home. And so when somebody says that, man, I think you need to take offense to it because at the end of the day, man, I mean, all you guys are my family. That's that's what that's what it's about. So yep.
0: Or the other, the other fun phrase that I hear a lot of. I don't know about you necessarily, but it's a uh, stick your hand out so I can slap it. That makes too much sense.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: no, we no. need to start making sense. We need to be advocates of that.
1: Yeah. And Stay inside know. your box.
0: Right. hmm yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, switching gears, brother. Uh, been been an awesome conversation. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, definitely got over your nervousness. <laughs> going back to the beginning of all this, you're rocking and rolling and dropping some awesome stuff out there, but um, what advice do you have for the rookie, Josh?
1: Um, man, so honestly for a rookie, I just come in, be open-minded you know, you're going to take some heat, undoubtedly uh, just because you're all rookie, and that's just part of being the job and I, you know, one day we might be able to get over that, but I'll tell you right. I technically spent about eight years as the rookie in my department, so Mm-hmm. um that's how long it took somebody else to come in behind me so i mean just you know come in with an open mind man and an open heart and know that you know those guys may give you a hard time occasionally mm-hmm. but there ain't nothing in the world that i wouldn't do for my new guys at the end of the day um, oh, absolutely. if they ask me a question i try and make sure i answer it to the best of my ability and if i don't know i go find the information so um that's the only thing man just Come in with an open mind and an open heart. Know that you're going to have to do some hard stuff. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, nobody should be asking you to do something they ain't ever done before. So. Mm -hmm.
0: I agree there, brother, man. And uh, this is a – excuse me. This is a new question that I've been kind of throwing out there. Uh, This is influenced by Matt McGee a while ago. And we were talking. So, you know, I'd like to start hearing this. And so I usually like to – finish my, finish my episodes with my guests with, you know, what does setting the standard mean to you? And as much as I love that question, it almost feels like this one compliments it. And he, he proposed that I start asking, what does being uncommon mean to you? Because I think that can go different areas and not necessarily just in general. So, I'd like to ask you, what does uncommon mean to you?
1: A fitting question for you as well, man. So, (laughs) (laughs) no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So, man, being uncommon, honestly, dude, it's just being, it's being a little bit above average. I think, man, trying to go that extra mile, you know, not willing to settle for mediocre or average, and uh, I mean, just that's just like. You just take, for instance, man, you're doing this on Week, dude. All those guys that took the extra mile, and i tell you what, that was a heck of an application. <laughs> uh, I was not anticipating that when I started filling it out. I was like, oh, good Lord. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> 30 minutes later, I'm still, I'm like, all right. But I mean, you know, it's, that. there's some people that might have looked at that application and said, oh, man, that's too much. And then you had however many people y'all had do it, finish that application and are preparing right now to go to that week. And then same thing said for like all these different other, pla- other courses and everything like that, man, you know, these guys are going the extra mile to make sure that they're getting that. And I mean, honestly, if you're doing that in the fire service, I guarantee you they're probably doing it in their personal life, you know? So, I mean, it's just going above and beyond and making every attempt you can to be, to be better and do better every day. I think, man, that's, I don't know.
0: I don't got I don't know. <laughs> no, I like it, Josh. I do like it. And uh, you can thank brother Ian Schulte. He helped facilitate that application packet. And it's, uh, it was a. Uh,
1: I hear you, man. It got me thinking for sure. So.
0: Yeah. It, it's one of those, do you, do you really want to attend it or is this? Yeah is this too much to ask of before it just shows where people are at and the consistency of it. Yeah. And it was definitely modeled after others.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what it, I mean, man, like I said, I think you probably had some people look at that application and go, Oh man, I don't want it that bad. Well, yeah. well
0: we don't want I you to. I just want to go and, and flow some hose, or, you know, yeah. just, or why why do you have to have a workout in there? Well, do you not understand the importance of stress induced training?
1: There you go. man. Stress inoculation, big thing,
0: man. Absolutely. That's, I'm starting to see, side note, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm seeing that kind of either make a comeback or making it stamp a little more prominent in the fire service. Yeah,
1: I think we're I mean, finally
0: starting to come around to understanding why that truly is important. You know, and you think a lot of these other trainings that we do and what have you, even on a crew basis, okay, we're, we're going to get out there and we're going to work on stretches. So, yeah, we'll, we'll gear up. We're going to practice how we play. we really practicing how we play if we're just calm, composed, and then we just right. reach up there and and grab the, the bundle and put over our shoulder. I mean, you're, you're stressing out on that ride. I don't care how composed you are or how long you've been in the service. You're going to have that yeah. adrenaline dump. You might know how to control it at this point in time in your career. But now let's add it to that early hour call we all love to talk about. And now you have to execute it from a dead sleep that we rarely get.
1: And I saw you bring up stretching hose and doing that, man. That's one thing that, so a lot of times you see these guys out there and they're doing it in their pants and gloves and hat with no SCBA on or anything like that, man. But when you move up into that step and you've got all that stuff on you, Mm -hmm. that changes the whole game of flow and move. There is, I mean, if if you're not out there in all your gear working on those procedures as well, man, then we're setting, we're kind of setting ourselves self up for failure when
0: we get yeah. there. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Now I do respect the, if this is a new technique or a new way to oh, handle yeah. the hose, then yeah, yeah, let's, let's build up to that. But
1: when, I agree, it, you run, do,
0: yes, you do see a lot of these videos out there, which, you know, yes, you're showing the technique off and all that. And you, it very has much the presence that you mastered it, but What's it like when you really get on that air and get on that pack? Is it just as easy for you and stuff like that? I'm not saying it's not to those that are making them or oh, what yeah. have you, but I share but the I'm same sure, idea you do.
1: I'm sure those guys that are out there, you know, doing it, they're it probably it. They probably do work on it in gear and everything like that. But for like the average, you know, the guy that's out there watching that video and he's like, let me go try this, but he never moves up into that next, you know, run step. He doesn't yes. get his gear. He's like, Well, they were doing it in this. I can do it in this. And he never takes that next step. Well, if you didn't take that next step, it's kind of setting you up for failure. So
0: Oh, I absolutely agree, man. Definitely agree. That's like I say, it just goes back to Yo, know, John Sperry says it both. Be the be the one you want the rescuing you.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely.
0: Well, man, as we're, we're wrapping up, I really appreciate the time. Uh, do you have any goals you're working on or hoping to come to life soon
1: here in the future? Uh, man, you, you know, um, well, one, I'm just hoping that the Caddo Cooker Caddo cooker does well always. Uh, that's always an excitement, bringing it up and going to trying to get all that done and everything panned out. But, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that with the eventuality of this getting a little bit bigger and uh, if we can bring in some more stuff, man, that if we're lucky, we're bringing a, you know, a fire conference into this North Louisiana area. Um, That's, that's ultimate goal eventually, but uh, getting everything figured out and getting it all worked out. That's a, that's a project in itself. So.
0: Yes. I can firsthand speak to that. When you start to be the logistical side of putting these things on, Oh, my soul, uh, hats off to all those that do it and do it on a constant basis. And they have nailed it That's down cool. to an art. Yeah. It, it, it does get sense. a
1: little bit easier with time, but it's a, definitely a, it's definitely a process.
0: So, yeah. A hundred percent, man. Well, Josh, I, I do appreciate you coming on brother. Uh,
1: appreciate really you having me, brother.
0: It. Of course, man, you guys are doing great things. Uh, any, like I said, any chance I get to just hang out with you guys and just train, uh, absolutely look forward to it and i appreciate the invites every time you you do have it coming up and um in february you're doing the the all things hose so to say i want yeah. you to touch on that for some of those in the local area
1: absolutely man so we're doing that um, as february i think it's february 18th um and pretty much anything you can think hose uh we're definitely going to work on some flow and move stuff inch and three quarter two and a half we've got some um one of these days i would love to maybe demo some of that two and a quarter that they're pushing out from key but um or the super two but uh you know for now that's what we're going to be dealing with and uh we're just looking forward to it man got some good scenarios built up that uh we think everybody will enjoy and uh should put you through the ringer a little bit once we get it all said and done
0: Oh, absolutely. If if you don't come away tired on those days that you put on some stuff, something, something right. Or you're not fully putting out or you're skating by because we, we go to work over there in the cattle playground and y'all have have an awesome facility. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Again, thank you for your time. Uh, very excited that you had on and, uh, Joel, I know you're listening, but get ready because you're about to be next, Bubba. I want to pick your <laughs> brain too. <laughs>
1: That's what I told him too. So, hey, I <laughs> threw a little hint out there. Absolutely.
0: Well, man, thanks for uh, I will definitely be seeing you tomorrow, brother.
1: All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. Take it easy.
0: All right. See ya.